Are you ready to bridge the gap in our current healthcare system and really help people that struggle with flexibility, mobility, and weakness? Hi, I'm Kim Narker, and welcome to Rehab to Wellness Boss Podcast, a business owner successful startup podcast where I help you start, build, and grow your wellness business. Join me as I reveal real secrets to helping rehab professionals build a successful, proven wellness program that keeps their community away from reactive care. Hey, 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 everybody. We are back to Rehab to Wellness Boss podcast and in the house, we have Kyle Rice. Yep, the Kyle Rice. Now, Kyle, I think I briefly met you at a Greg Todd event years ago, and it's probably been about eight years ago. Yeah, it's been a while. And then was told on one of my podcasts that Kyle has to come on this podcast, and we've been communicating back and forth. So, Kyle, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to just talk with you and just celebrate with your audience an opportunity to talk through some really important stuff. So I'm excited. Yeah. Now, so for you guys that don't know Kyle, he founded the PT Hustle, which has helped over 10,000 students and new graduates dominate that test, that NPTE testing for a physical therapist. So this is the guy, if you are in school right now and you do not know this guy, you have to connect to see what he's doing and how he can help you through school and achieve what you want to achieve as a physical therapist. So without further ado, we're going to just jump right in. Okay. We're going to jump into some juicy topics here. So those of you, I hope we have a lot of students out there. If we don't, we have people who are in the field, please share this podcast with students or people who aspire to be in that physical therapy programming. There are a lot. We all know when you go into college that first time and you walk into class and everybody raises their hand because PT is what they're going for. And then six weeks from there, there's 30% left, 40% left. So let's jump, let's jump right in. So Kyle, tell me a little bit about you, you personally, professionally, kind of give us some background, if you will. Yeah. So as a lot of y'all heard, you know, I'm the founder of the PT Hustle, you know, and I help PT students and new grads who struggle with standardized tests to pass their licensure exam and get their dream job. That's my primary purpose. Now, How I got there is the fact that I've struggled with standardized tests, like a lot of you, I'm sure, listening to this right now, whether it's the SATs, the ACTs, you know, whatever it is, GRE, some of y'all might be like, oh, already hearing those words. And so, you know, those are tests that really plagued my childhood, you know, getting into undergrad. It was just very tough for me to make it to that next level because of those exams. It even got to the point where I just wanted to be accepted by people. I wanted people to look at me and say, oh, he's a smart guy and he's going to do all these great things. Like I was like wanting that type of stuff so bad that I decided that I was going to be an orthopedic surgeon in undergrad just for the prestige of that. Nothing beyond it. Just the fact I wanted people to say that I was smart enough to do this. Right. But 
the mistake was thinking that it was going to be easy to get there. And there's this thing called the MCAT that you have to pass or do well on in order to get into medical school. Well, I took that thing multiple freaking times, didn't, you know, get the score I needed. And so PT or physical therapy was my backup plan. It was like, I'm going to do this now, and then I'll do the orthopedic surgery after, you know, I finish PT school. So it's just more like a backup plan. Little did I know that in PT school, I was actually going to fall in love with it. I fell in love with what we do and how we're able to, you know, touch people with our hands, have a conversation and really change the trajectory of their life without medication, without surgery. I mean, a lot of you all know this. I fell in love with it, but the only problem was there was this thing called the NPTE that you had to pass in order to be licensed. So it's like at every freaking level that I've ever been on, there is always a standardized test at the end that determines whether you go to that next level. So anyway, in PT school, you know, obviously I went through it, but I would say half the time I was actually studying for the MPTE, like like literally for the through most of my second year and all of my third year, I was preparing for the MPTE. So I figured out some some strategies. I did a lot of just review and figuring out how to really understand the test. And I went in there and I was able to pass this thing, not just pass it with the 600 basic score, but I passed it with a perfect 800 out of 800. Now, this is a person who has failed every single standardized exam I've ever taken to date. You know, been in the bottom 10% of all testers in the nation for as long as I could remember. So for me to go to the point where I was in the top 1% was a game changer for me. So that is really my backstory of how I took you know, really that pain that I was going through, but I transformed that pain into purpose by starting a company to help students just like me, the ones who struggle with standardized tests to pass the NPTE. And now I've been doing that for seven and a half years now. So it's been a bit. Number one, I have to say, I just love you, Kyle. (laughs) Number one, we go into this and I think we go into We know now, guys, Kyle and I have never sat and personally talked to each other. Okay, this is the first time I'm hearing his story and his past. And I'm just going to jump in and go on this for just a second. But I was from a small town. I, too, felt like there was something different, that I was not in the place I was supposed to be. I didn't know where that place was. And my my dad said, girl, when somebody says jump you do it. You don't think about it. You don't do it. And I've had to learn from that. But I think a lot of us come from a part of needing affirmation for our passion. We have a deep rooted need to help people. We're going to go through every obstacle to learn to be that person to achieve our goals. And in achieving those goals, we end up serving and helping millions of other people. And I bow to you because you had a fear, you had pain from test taking, but you had a deep rooted fear that was deep, deep, deep 
and you overcame it and you overcame it in a way that you're like, doggone it. I know I have this fear, but I'm also determined to not only overcome this, but I see in my steps of learning, I now can help others. So you're a servant leader to everyone. And I appreciate you for sharing that. That is awesome. So you guys, yes, listen here. We've got some nuggets here for all of you, but these, we all are looking for a purpose. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about fear and anxiety. Yeah. So as you all heard through the story, and, and I know I didn't get really granular into a lot of the feelings, but you know, through my childhood, like I said, high school, undergrad, all of that was plagued by a bunch of fear and anxiety, fear of not being accepted. All right. That was really my big thing that I wasn't going to be accepted, that I was going to be a judge for not being good enough. And then that starts to work on your self-worth, you know, and then you don't feel worthy of things, not worthy of being treated well. You don't feel worthy of getting to that next level or whatnot. And so that just starts to spiral out of control and start to build up even more fear that, oh, this next thing, this next obstacle that I'm up against is going to be it. This is going to be the moment where all eyes are on me and everybody sees that I am the imposter that I keep telling myself that I am every single day. But I don't see an imposter. See, and that's the thing from the outside. It's like a lot of the students even are like imposter. Wow. You know, so much information, blah, 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 you know, all these different things. Right. But on the inside, you're still telling yourself. I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. These are all the times I can show that I wasn't worthy enough. Although those were just the obstacles that I was going through in order to set me up to be a servant leader. Mm -hmm. At the time, I didn't realize that, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So really, you know, it's the fear and anxiety that I look back on and I'm like, I don't regret that fear and anxiety. Even today, the fear and anxiety that I have, it's not a regret that I have it. I don't wish that it was completely gone because one thing, it has made me into the person that I am today, but it also has propelled me to continue to push to be better. So it's kind of like a bittersweet thing where it's like, yeah, you hate it. But at the same time, what if it wasn't there? And you were completely like just straight up fearless and you didn't have that fear sitting there. You know, what would life be like? Would you be the same type of person? It seems like, oh, if I had no anxiety and I was fearless, like life would be amazing. I would be able to go to so many heights. Maybe, (laughs) maybe. So it's kind of like a question. I think those people who overcome fear. So again, I'm going to re let you know, I don't see imposter in you at all. I see passion. I see truth. I see dedication. I see servanthood, all of that. I think, so for many years, I had PTs telling me, Kim, you're different. You need to step out and help other PTAs. You need to help PTs. And my self-limiting belief was I'm just a PTA. And it took me, so my business opened nine years ago. It took me up until two years ago. I mean, literally they were kicking me and going, I don't know why you're holding back. You have what we're looking for. So there is a lot of mental stuff that goes on with that. But I think 
you reach a point where you're like, you know, this fear doesn't hold me anymore. And now I'm not scared. I know my worth to other people. And I think we have to know our worth, but I'm trying to think what fear it's false emotion acting. I can't remember what the R is. I was just trying to look it up and I can't remember. Have you ever seen, have you yeah. ever, it's you know, my, false, my mama, false emotion acting. I don't know what the R is. I have to find that for you guys. I hate that. I, I'll try to find it before the end of the show. Yeah. My mom always used to have a saying when it came down to that. I think that there was always like these conferences that they would go to and it would be like a Tony Robbins or whatnot, you know? And she would always say to me, Kyle, uh, fear is false evidence appearing real. That's it. Appearing real. It's false emotions Mm -hmm. appearing real. There you go. There you go. Everybody write that down. False emotions appearing real. And if you dig into that, an emotion is just energy. It's actually energy is what we're learning. So figure out a constructive way to tell yourself, I love you. I love what I'm doing. I want to help others to change that around. So anxiety is one of those things too. It's a lot of what I'm finding is energy, stored energy that also relates to really not knowing your purpose and what you can do for others. Yep. So kind of straight away there. Sorry, everybody. Let's get back on (laughs) over here on what we need to talk about, but let's talk about careers. Let's, so people go into the PT field. Okay. I think these tests, these standardized tests are to cut people out of practicing, you know, because honestly, the people that I meet, so many people that surround me, I too am one of those I was that person that waited and I'm a PTA. I waited, you know, they tell you don't wait to take your test. I worked in Utah. Utah didn't require licensure. So I went, eh, I work for an orthopedic clinic. I'll pass it. No problem. I waited a year. I drove away from that test. And my owner told me right before I left, she goes, what happens if you fail, sweetie? (laughs) Like no pressure. Right. I literally left, left there thinking that I was going to fail. And I think I'm, it was within 10 points of mm-hmm. failing. It was very, very close. And I hid my score probably up until a couple of years ago. Like, oh, that was terrible. I, I almost didn't make it. But a test, guys, doesn't tell you how good of a person you are, what your character is, how you help other people, your purpose. It, I think it's a score. Yeah. Yeah. You know, my my thoughts on it is, is of course, standardized tests are, are here. And from what I can see, they're going to be here for a while. So it's definitely something that we just have to deal with. And even if you are licensed at this point, there's still standardized tests that you may encounter, um, you know, whether that's getting certified in certain areas or whatnot. But the thing is, you know, really understanding the problem solving piece of something that's very difficult. You know, I've started to take standardized exams and look at them as a very difficult patient. And not that the patient is difficult, but their situation is maybe foreign to you. um, And it immediately, you don't have the resources available to you to handle it. And so you have to really go out there and get those resources and figure out how to use those resources for that patient, right? And so now that I've started to coach students in this, 
we are making that connection. Like, hey, you know, standardized tests is something that you're really not that familiar with. I mean, most of us don't take a ton of standardized exams in our life compared to exams at PTA school or PT school. Well, there's plenty of those, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so we don't even have as many repetitions with standardized exams. So it's really figuring out how to problem solve through this thing. A lot of us are going to need to go outside of the box and find a tutor or find some different resources that can allow us to get the best possible chances of passing this thing. And, and there's nothing out. wrong with that. That's called learning. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. called learning. Um, so I want to talk about, so when they, people have a dream, when they go to PT school, they get through school, they get into the nine to five grind, they get into a position where, you know, all of the complaints out there, all of you guys know it, you know, documentation standards, efficiency standards, making sure they're productive greater than 85%, making sure they're billing a certain rate for insurance company. Let's break that down just a little bit. Yeah, for sure. So just a little backstory here. So I know it seems like I went straight into helping students pass the MPTE out of school, but actually I did practice for four and a half years. Um, And I found myself getting into the Straight up nine to five, working hard, documentation for hours after work, not getting paid for that. So it wasn't even the traditional nine to five. It was really like a nine to eight because you're you're sitting there doing documentation over dinner, right? And then it just, for me, quickly led to burnout in my career. And I was just getting to the point where I was like, is this it? This is what I work so hard for, what I've been dreaming of for a very long time. And you kind of get to this point where you start to really question whether you should continue to be a therapist or not. And that's where I kind of got to. And it was the fact that I was going home and tutoring people for the MPTE that was like, oh, this is what I really enjoy. This is what I love. And I was very passionate about that. So that was like kind of keeping me going until I decided to take that leap, right? And decide, you know, I'm going to go all in on the thing that I truly enjoy and I'm passionate about, even though I've worked so long to be a practicing therapist, right? So I think for a lot of you all out there that you're in that nine to five grind, you feel like it's just getting to the point where it's mundane, it's monotonous. We're doing this over and over and you're burning out. I want you to understand, first of all, you're not alone. Like tons of people are going through exactly what you're going through. But the question is, what is it that you're passionate about? Have you lost that? Have you not even questioned that anymore of why you're doing this or what that passion is for you? And if you don't know what the passion is, what are you doing consistently to find that passion is what my recommendation would be for you. It's like, let's find it. I think people, you get into that nine to five job and now you've got to pay off your loans, right? I mean, because Honestly, schooling is way more expensive than it needs to be. But I think we lose our purpose. You know, that purpose that we set for. So kind of tell us and our listeners, what did you think that after you graduated, your job was going to look like? What did that look like to you coming out of school? Yeah, being really honest here, I graduated school with about $150,000, in debt. I came out. And the first thing was like, oh man, you know, I'm gonna get this really cushy job. 
I was always told like, oh, you're going into physical therapy. You are going to be set. Like, this is literally the stuff that I was hearing. You're going to mm-hmm. be good. There's so many opportunities out there. It's a, a market where it's like, you can always get a job. So I was coming out into the profession feeling like I was going to be able to pay down loans and then have a great lifestyle and all of that stuff. Little did I know that I was going to enter this situation where I guess part of that is not understanding how loans work at that time. Mm-hmm. But it was like I was paying down like a thousand plus dollars a month. Boom, boom, boom. But that principle didn't seem like it was going anywhere. Mm-mm. And I was like, wait a minute. So this thing is supposed to just magically go away at some point, you know? So I really would say it's nothing on the PT profession saying that PT is not good. It's just the fact that I think that there's a lot of misconceptions about what all of the benefits are going to be like. I think that there's a picture that's being painted that, oh, as soon as you graduate, you're going to get this beautiful job, pay down those loans, boom, and have the best lifestyle ever. And yeah, things don't really work like that. I think so. I'm going to have in just a few weeks someone on to talk about finances because I think you're you hit. I don't think school prepares us. Sometimes our parents don't prepare us because they don't know, you know, about financial things. And we go thinking I'm going to go to PT school and then we we are naive around what we're going to get when we get out of it and financial burden and strain is real. And then you jump into that job and you take the first job that you can. You think, you know, $70,000, $80,000 a year, that's a great income. Those are all great. But kind of clinically, what did you feel like you were going to jump into when you jumped into that first job? What did clinical life look like for you before you actually started your real job? Yeah, that's that's a good question. So when I jumped into working, initially I thought it was going to be a really good, like kind of one-on-one experience where I'm able to sit down and really get to know my patients. Everything I was saying earlier about the benefits of this profession and why I really wanted to do it. So in school, we were having this perspective that, man, you get to touch people and talk to them and change their lives and all that. That was the dream, right? But when we got into the clinic and you're having 26 patients on your caseload and you're seeing these patients run in and out the door, you don't have enough time to develop any type of relationship, especially if you want to go home at night and literally not just do straight documentation until you wake up the next morning. (laughs) So, I mean, it's like there has to be some level of balance. And I think that the first thing that drops off There's two major things that drop off for me, at least. One is your patient interaction and the depth of that interaction with your patient drops off pretty quickly. The other thing that drops off is your creativity and your willingness or ability to go outside the box to give the patient the best chances of at at a great outcome. It's like you go right into cookie cutter mode because... You're forced into cookie cutter mode. That's it. And then you see you're not getting the outcomes and you're like, wait a second, I'm not impacting these people's lives. I'm not making the difference that I went into this field to make. And then if you look at the other extreme of this, you look at, so then I get people that would come into my clinic to train when I first opened my clinic, because it was me learning, of course. 
they were leaving hospital settings, you know, and one-on-one was a vision that they wanted to do. But what they had a misconception of is just because they wanted the one-on-one, which is what we have a passion to do, if you have a reimbursement of $55 and you're paying your therapist $48, an outpatient clinic can't survive on that reimbursement. So then you've got now a therapist who's still passionate about care, working for an owner who's trying to make a living personally and hire therapists and provide them with what they're looking for, but there's no match financially because our reimbursement system is not what it needs to be. So it's not only that, but it's also reimbursement as an issue. So somebody has to pick up that extra. And we as a profession, I think we think that everything is supposed to be cheap, free, or not provided at all. When there are millions of people out there that will pay for good quality care and good quality therapists that will provide that good quality care. And that's where I feel like people need to learn to go from when they get out of school and see that vision to transition them correctly into a solo entrepreneur position but you're not ready when you first get out of school. You need to learn clinical stuff. You need to learn results, blah, 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 blah. I think that's so necessary. And I think we have to transition our entire system over to not just a reactive care model, but a well care model, which we're not taught in school. Right. Because who knows the musculoskeletal system better than a PT? But we're only taught how to work on acute things and provide eight to 10 visits. Right. So I think we have a lot of change that we need to do to be able to meet the needs of our therapists graduating and our clients looking for quality care. Solid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a lot of stuff that I think we can do, all of us, to take this trend that we're going in right now where we're kind of missing the mark here and all really try to build a system that moves our PTs towards providing quality care and our patients towards receiving that quality care. And I think it all comes around messaging and education and learning about how to keep the musculoskeletal system healthy. For sure. Mm-hmm. Sure. And, you know, one point that I want to make to that, you know, I feel that, first of all, a lot of this has been very real talk. You know, these are real accounts of how I was feeling and are they necessarily positive? No, but it's real, right? It's not all sunshine and all you get out and you're able to buy everything that you want and pay down your loans the next day. Like, no, that's just not, that's not how it works. But here's the thing. It can work a lot better than you think. And so I want to flip this for those of you listening to this right now. I think it's very important that you understand you can pay those student loans down exceptionally fast, like faster than you ever thought you could ever do that. Um, And it doesn't require you to sell your soul or work all day long every day. It doesn't actually require that. There's two routes that I see. Like if I was to go back and do all of this again, there's two routes here. There's entrepreneurship, 
And this is what I went into for MPTE prep and helping, you know, students pass that, right? So that's more entrepreneur, starting my own business and creating my own dream. That's entrepreneurship. There's another route, though, that is very lucrative, and that's called intrapreneurship. And that is where you're creating almost a business within someone else's business. So let me give you an example of that. That could be you as a therapist working for someone, working for a business, and you decide, you know, within here, I am going to provide some additional like resources to these patients that they find valuable and they're going to pay me individually for that. Right. And this may be something that you bring up to whoever your supervisor is or your boss or whatnot, but you try to find ways that you can provide even more value to your patients so that they want to come out of pocket and pay you for it. And that may be you doing a fitness program that's specific to this particular clinic. And now the patients are paying you every single week to come be a part of your post rehab fitness program. That's an intrapreneur. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, those are options that can fill your pocket very quickly, not just the money part also impact your patients at a much higher level. I think those are two great routes to go and ways that people can pay down debt. I think I value bomb guys, write that down. He's right. And if you're looking for something, I think there's fear around that entrepreneurship because then, you know, there's that big license thing. And, and is there going to be something that I do that's going to interfere with my license, so on and so forth. And I think that fear, although logical, guys, you still have an education, whether you use your license or not. No one can take away your education. No one can take away your credibility. No one can take away your skill set. So find ways that you can become a fitness guru, become, do something besides physical therapy to be able to build that income. Um, and that could be through certifications, that can be through other programs so that you can help a client. I think that's beautiful. I think it's beautiful so that you can help the client, give them the value that they need and help yourself personally to learn and grow. And Kyle, I don't, I'm going to throw you under the bus here in a good way. Absolutely. I don't know how much you know about the stretch method and stretch mobility coach. Have you heard anything yet about what we're doing? Yeah. So I've actually heard some really great things. Of course, you brought it up to me initially and I was a little unfamiliar with it. And this was months, months ago. But since then, I've actually, I think it peaked my reticular activating system. That's a very <laughs> common thing that's going around now, but it's, it's put it into the forefront of my mind. So a lot of the students that I'm getting on the phone with, they're looking for different ways to get just ahead of the, ahead of the game, right? So they're in PT school and they're looking for opportunities of how I can be certified earlier, how I can be more marketable to different businesses and patients. And so that's where I've started to actually hear your name popping up a bit more. And that's why I went in to create the certification because I was that person that went in and went, wait a second. All I hear is that a person can't do this and can't do this because they're licensed. So when I sat with my attorney, I went, yes, we have a license, but regardless of our license enough, 
or not. We have a skill set. We have credibility and all of those things. How do we create something that takes the pressure off of worrying about the fear of losing our license, but gives us the ability to use all of our clinical skill, everything, the hands-on, the everything, and then doesn't make us want to have to look out. We would go for our personal trainer. We could have got that out of high school, right? We didn't have to go $155,000 in debt to be a personal trainer or a CSCS. And those are our only options. But as this, you can still have your PT um, knowledge, work as a stretch mobility coach using the stretch method. You're still a PT and you take, you still have your license. You're just not selling PT services. But when you need to sell PT services, you do an eval and you sell PT services. But this gives you the ability to have one type of insurance. You never have to go get a personal trainer. There's no stretch mobility coach insurance. It is your PT insurance because you can use the skill that you have. Now, we require that you graduate from an accredited school, but if I haven't told this and I've gone through the attorney, if you guys are in an accredited school and you have a desire to open your own practice and you do want to become certified, as long as your own course for graduation, you can still go through this certification and you're qualified for it. So you can start your job. You can start your career when you're a junior or a senior. So we, even some of my guys that have started that they're they're they start as a side hustle, right? They all of them say, I'm just going to start on Saturdays. I'm going to do four hours on Saturdays. You know, I'm going to fill that up. I'm going to make enough money. I'm going to work it into a full-time gig. And then a few weeks later, they're like, you know, I kind of filled up my evenings. I don't need to do Saturdays now. And now I've already filled up all my evenings. Now I'm faced with having to tell my employer, I don't need my full-time job because I'm making what I make at my full-time job, seeing three people a day, four times a week. So that's what we started this program for. And that's what we want to be able to do is build and get, um, teach you guys the skill to be entrepreneurs and use your clinical skill to now be able to help someone rebuild their musculoskeletal system using a well care model and not just your acute care where they they have pain and you got to get them out of pain. What happens after you get them out of pain? Let's fix them. Let's take them to where they can play baseball and they can run and they can do a triathlon and they can do all of those things because we know the musculoskeletal system. So I think that this has the ability to really help people do what they want to do and give them their purpose back. So lots of options. You have lots of people that can help you. What other things Uh, Kyle, do you feel like we need to kind of go over to help people in this show today? We've given them a lot of nuggets. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, we really talked today about fear and anxiety. I know of a lot of you listening to this may be fearful of that next step. I want to kind of hit on that last nugget tonight. You know, one of the issues that I had was the fact that I went through all of this schooling to be a therapist. And now it seemed like I was trying to go a different route or a route that a lot of people don't go down. And that was putting a lot of fear in me because it's like, wait, I'm going to leave 
all of this stuff that I put so much time into? What if it doesn't work out? You know, what if people think I'm not good? What if, you know, that whole imposter syndrome starts picking back up again, right? And so I've come to notice that the more that that fear and anxiety and self-worth questioning comes up, the more I realize I'm on the brink of something amazing. Yes, you got it. Right? It's every single time that it starts to hit me and I'm like, man, I really don't want to do this. I'm fearful, you know, whatever it is. I'm always on the brink of an explosion in my career, my finances, my value that I bring to the marketplace, something along the lines of that. So if you're getting to that point where you feel very fearful and you're starting to doubt yourself a lot, you have to really take a step back and be like, you know what? Why am I feeling like this? What is the lesson I need to learn? That's beautiful. What is the lesson that I need to learn here? And I'm telling you, if you just push into that fear, it's not going to be easy. And I'm not saying any of my times that I've pushed against my fear is easy, but I'm saying on the other side of that, is something disruptive. And I mean, not disruptive in a bad way. I'm talking about disruptive in an amazing, incredible way, something beyond what you could ever ask for or think of. So it fulfills yeah. that purpose you're looking for. Absolutely. It always takes you, that scary route always comes around and you're like, oh, I have my purpose now. Right. 100%. Mm-hmm. Awesome show. Awesome show, guys. I hope you got a lot out of this. Kyle, can you let everybody, all of our listeners know how to get in touch with you if they have any questions or they want to look up what you're doing or they need your help? Absolutely. So like I said, I'm the founder of the PT Hustle. You can check us out at thepthustle.com. So you can check out our business and everything that we're doing there. If you're looking to reach out to us, maybe you're a PT student who struggles with standardized tests and you're looking to pass this MPTE and you're just looking for some assistance. Why don't you come on over? We got a free private Facebook group. Our goal is to just help guide you to the right roads to dominate in this exam. How do you get there? Go to www.nptegroup.com. All right. And we'll take really good care of you. I want to thank you all so much for allowing me to just spread some of my wisdom, my knowledge, and I hope you found it helpful. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I so appreciate it. And guys, I hope you got a lot out of this information. Um, Hopefully it was helpful for you and you can take that next step, what's been weighing on you so that you can make the choice that gives you your purpose back. And don't dread that fear and anxiety. It's just moving you forward and will continue to come back until you feel, figure out what the lesson is you're supposed to learn. So thanks for joining us guys. Um, And we hope to see you on the other side. joining us today on the Rehab to Wellness Boss podcast, where you, a rehab professional, can start, build, and grow your very own successful wellness cash practice. If you're ready to level up and become a stretch mobility coach, then head on over to our website, www.thestretchmobilitycoach.com. This website will take you through the next steps needed to practice as a stretch mobility coach. Come on over. 